everyone. My name is Josh Scroggins. I pastor New Beginnings Family. Just wanted to say thank you for joining our podcast and welcome. We hope the following message will be encouraging, will inspire you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support our ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.nbfamily.net. And as always, for all you do to support us, thank you. God bless you and enjoy the message. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. This is a special episode for our Resurrection Sunday, our Easter service, our Easter sermon. This uh, this particular message, we're calling it a clash of powers. I'll explain that in a little bit. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 22 says, But the fact is Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man death came, by a man also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. All around us there are two powers at war. And no, I don't mean the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, The powers I'm talking about have been around much, much longer than that. Uh, These two powers have been at war since the very beginning. They're opposites in every way. One represents all that is good and the other all that is bad. One of these powers pulls all of creation towards destruction, while the other pulls it toward perfection. These two powers have both touched and affected our lives in more ways than I could possibly describe. The first power has caused civilizations to crumble. It's broken families and cultures alike. This power has brought famine into the world along with disease and suffering. It has drawn people to steal from, to harm, to enslave, and even to kill others. This power has brought addiction into our lives, shame into our hearts, betrayal into our relationships. It has left innocent children as orphans. It has filled people with fear, with rage, and has drawn them to act out in destructive ways. This power has influenced culture in every possible area, has robbed people of their God-given sense of purpose and value. In fact, this power has separated people from God himself. And because of the existence of this power, our lives have been touched by pain, loss, suffering, shame, regret, disease, and ultimately death. The second power is the opposite of the first. It has given people purpose and value. Where there was pain, this power offered healing. Where there was addiction and bondage, this power offered freedom. Where there was shame and guilt, this power offered forgiveness and a fresh start. Where there was rage and turmoil, this power offered peace. Where there was brokenness, this power offered restoration. This power has healed lives, restored marriages, drawn the wayward child back home, and it has given joy, love, peace, kindness, and so much more to this world. Ultimately, it has sought to unite us and reunite us with our loving Heavenly Father. This last weekend, all around the world, people remembered and recounted the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a story that has been told for over 2,000 years, will be told again and again and again until the end of time and even after that into eternity. Many know Jesus died and rose again, but how many of them really understand what it means? In other words, how many of them really understand why? They, They may know the story of Jesus being crucified and three days later raising himself from the grave, right, rising up from the grave, but... 
do they understand why? Do they understand what it means? Do they understand how it affects our lives? The fact is that the resurrection marked the moment where the tide in the battle between those two powers I just spoke of shifted. And the tide turned. Where the power of life overcame the power of death. Where the power of Jesus overcame the power of sin. In this episode, I want to show you just how real both of these powers are in our world today and how those powers have already affected your life. But more than that, I want to give you the thing that Easter is all about, hope. Let's start at the beginning. In the beginning of the story, Adam and Eve lived a perfect life in a perfect world with perfect bodies that did not die, did not get sick. They did not have to work for their food. They had no need of shelter. I mean, there was nothing to shelter them from. They would walk through the garden. They would talk with God in as real a way as you and I talk. They had dominion over all God had made for them. God created mankind to have a relationship with, so he gave them free will because without free will, there could be no love. And he placed a tree in the middle of the garden, forbid them to eat of it, because without a choice, they couldn't have any free will. Not truly. They needed a choice. Mankind chose to abuse that free will. And when they disobeyed God and ate from that tree, they stopped submitting to one power and they submitted to the other power instead. In other words, they stopped submitting to the power of God meaning that they gave up the perfect life he had provided for them and sustained for them. And they instead placed themselves under the power of sin, meaning that now they would receive what sin had to offer them instead. When they did this, they separated themselves from the very one who sustained their lives, and they placed themselves under a power that led them to certain death, something that God had warned them about and that they had ignored. More than all of this, though, since they had dominion over all the earth, when they submitted to the power of sin, they also submitted everything under their authority. I mean, think if a, if a king were to pledge personal allegiance to another king, by default, he would also be pledging allegiance of his country since he is over that country. And when mankind who had dominion over all creation submitted themselves to sin. They submitted everything to it. They placed everything under it. And that meant that sin would now affect all creation, not just mankind. And what followed was horrendous. See, sin is essentially like a rod and a piece of wood. It might start small, but it grows. And as it does, it eats away whatever it touches. And sin does not create anything. It only devours and decays what already exists. It never makes anything better, only worse. As time went on, that rot got worse and worse and worse. And the world that we live in today is still full of it. It's still affected greatly by it. We have famines. We have plagues. We have death and disease. We have all kinds of, of, of pain in our world and suffering in our world because sin affects everything. But since this particular message is an Easter message, I want to mainly focus on one aspect of what the power of sin brings into our lives 
and what the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us freedom from. And that is death. And when I say death, I don't just mean physical death, although I do mean that as well, sort of. (laughs) Sort of. I'll explain that in a minute. But sin creates death in many different ways, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ offers freedom from all of those different ways. First, the resurrection gives us freedom from emotional death. Isaiah 59 two says your wrongdoings or your sins have caused a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. In other words, sin separates us from God. And God is the one who gives our lives purpose and meaning because he created us for purpose and meaning. He is our source of purpose. And so what happens when a person loses purpose and meaning? Death. Now, I kind of describe this more like a zombie, right? The walking dead. You're going through the motions. You're, you're walking around. You're talking. You're, you're doing the things that you may always do. But inside, you're dead. Inside, you're numb. Inside, there's no life. You're just existing, but you're not living. James 1, 14 to 15 says, Each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. But then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it has run its course, brings forth death. Romans 6, 21 says, Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is you guessed it, death. See, the power of sin is the power to bring death to you emotionally. And this manifests in different ways, but the end result is the same. Shame, rejection of yourself and who you are, feeling alone, hopelessness, bitterness, apathy, loss of joy, loss of peace, and loss of meaning. Sin will destroy you from the inside out. And it begins here. It begins by emotionally killing you. But here's the good news. The the death that Jesus died, it paid for our sin. And here's the other good news. His resurrection gives us the freedom from emotional death because it reminds us that our sin has been forgiven. And it fills us with hope and joy as we recognize that we are now free from it. This is, this is key. When you understand that Jesus not only died for our sins, he rose from the grave again. It shows that the death that he died mattered. That, that it, was, it was truly significant. It was special. He wasn't just another man who died. This was not just another death. This was, this was something special. His resurrection reminds us that our sin has been forgiven and we can have new life. Just as he rose from the grave, so we too can, 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 can die to that old person and come out new. The other, another way that, that sin affects us is it, it, it causes relational death, and the resurrection gives us freedom from relational death. I want you to think for just a moment, what is 
What was the first things that happened after Adam and Eve sinned? Well, if you look at the way that they reacted, one, one of the first things they did was they hid from God. They heard God coming into the garden. They heard the, the, the movement of his, his presence in the garden. And when that happened, they hid from him. A very stupid thing to do, by the way. You can't hide from God. But they tried. In other words, the closeness that they once had with God was, was changed. The relationship they had was not ever going to be the same. And that's also true between Adam and Eve. I mean, think about this. When, when God began to question them about what they had done, the first thing that Adam said was to blame Eve. Suddenly now their relationship between Adam and Eve, it was, it was on hard times now. He was, he was immediately throwing Eve under the bus, even though he was there too. He was standing right there when it happened. And in fact, he was more guilty than she was. I mean, we're told later in scripture that Eve was deceived and Adam wasn't. So Eve was actually tricked. Adam knew better and he did it. And the fact is that this relational death is something that we have probably all experienced. Most of us, if not all of us, have experienced the effects of relational death due to sin. Now, maybe it was your sin or maybe it was the other person's sin, but we were affected by it. The power of sin is at work in relationships by decaying the love of those relationships. Relationships require love to survive and the power of sin works by decaying it. And here's what happens when the power of sin comes into a person's life and begins to decay. It takes that love that's in a relationship and it changes it into something else. It changes it into a love for yourself. Now the the love that was once about elevating the other person and putting them first is now all about love for oneself. I mean, think about it. The category of sin includes things like adultery, unforgiveness, stealing, gossip, lying, hate, pride, murder. I mean, is it any wonder that things like this affect relationships, especially murder? I mean, really, these things obviously affect relationships. They destroy relationships. They are more about loving yourself over someone else. But that is a decayed form of what true love actually is. Real love puts someone else before yourself. Sin-tainted love puts yourself above someone else. But here's the thing, more, more than all of this, it affects our relationship with our heavenly father. And, and this is the relationship that literally we were created for. And when our relationships die, it leaves us feeling a void in our life. And again, that's because we were literally created for relationship. But the resurrection gives us freedom from relational death because it reminds us that Jesus literally died and came back from the dead to have a relationship with us. The resurrection of Jesus was the embodiment of a restored relationship. The resurrection also gives us freedom from the sting of physical death. Now, notice I'm saying the sting. I'm not saying that it gives us freedom from physical death. In fact, it's very likely that unless the rapture happens in your lifetime, in, our, in my lifetime, you know, that's kind of the exception to this. Unless that happens, we will die. 
So the resurrection does not give us freedom from physical death. We will experience physical death unless the rapture happens first. But the resurrection takes the sting of it away. See, the, the power of sin at work in this world is most evident by simply observing the number of people who die every single day. Every, every person has been affected by the loss of someone we love. And there is always a deep sense that there was something very wrong about it when it happens. Right? I mean, you know that instinctively, right? When, when you lose somebody, there, there's something in you that just knows that this was wrong. This wasn't supposed to happen. This, this shouldn't be. You know that instinctively, and yet you know it did happen. Why the disconnect? Well, simply this. It's because that feeling you have that there was something very wrong about that death, that it shouldn't have happened, that it was wrong. That feeling you have is right. There is something very wrong about it. Death was not part of God's plan for us. Death was the result of sin. Death was the result of us removing ourselves from the source of our life and placing us ourselves instead under the power of sin. That's why death even exists. It's why it feels so wrong. It's because it is. And, and even Jesus dealt with this. Even Jesus experienced loss. I mean, he, he lost his father, Joseph. He lost his cousin, John, who was, who was beheaded. He even dealt with this with his close friend, Lazarus, who got sick and died. John 11, uh, 32 to 36 says, When Mary came to the place where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And she said to him, Lord, come and see. And here's the shortest verse in the Bible. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Now, this was not just simply him having a tear come down, and the Bible doesn't go into great detail about what kind of weeping this described, but I would imagine that this was full-on ugly face cry, that this was an extreme... For now, why, why, Pastor, it just has wept. How did you get that out of there? Well, because after this verse, it says this, the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. The Jews who were there, who were already weeping, right? They they were already mourning John. They were all or, uh, Lazarus. They were already mourning the death here. So Jesus coming into this situation when they see the way that he's weeping, it stands out to them. It shows how much he loved Lazarus. And then it says, but some of them said, could this man who opened the eyes of the man who was blind could not also have kept this man from dying? You know, it, the thing is that Death is painful. It's extremely painful. And and we're not exempt from it. I mean, Jesus, in this moment where he wept so much that the Jews seeing him noticed it and took note of the way that he wept. In that moment, Jesus knew he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he still felt the pain of of the death. He felt how wrong it was. And he wept. 
Jesus felt the loss for his friend that each of us has felt at the loss of a loved one. And the fact is that even Jesus himself died on that cross. We're not exempt from it. The resurrection of Jesus does not exempt us from death, but it does exempt us from the sting of it because it reminds us that death is not the end. That there is another life after this one. When Jesus came back from the dead, he came back from somewhere. When he died, he didn't simply cease to exist or there would be no coming back. He came back from somewhere. And the fact that the resurrection happened showed that there's something else after this life. And that takes a lot of the sting out of death. Christians don't mourn the way that everyone else does because we understand death is is not an end. It's it's a transition. It's it's a it's a door that you walk through. And then you go on to the next life. And there's a lot of the sting of death that disappears when we understand that we're going to see our loved ones again. There's a, there's a lot of sting that disappears when we know that we have not lost them forever, but we just have to wait a little while before we see them again. It still hurts. It, it, the, the loss is still something even that Jesus here felt and wept over. And yet, we know it's not the end. The resurrection of Jesus frees us from the sting of death. And finally, it frees us from spiritual death. I mean, ultimately, the result of the power of sin in our lives and in this world is spiritual death. It is the eternal separation from our source of life. There's a lot of different names for it that you could give. The, the most common is hell. But what makes hell, hell? What makes Sheol, Sheol or Hades or whatever word you want to, what makes that what it is, is that we are eternally separated from the source of life. It is eternal death. It is eternal hopelessness. This is the most hopeless state a person can ever be in. And it was the reason why God sent his son, Jesus, to die, to take our place so that we didn't have to experience that. See, the thing that makes physical death so terrible is the existence of sin. Because without sin, physical death would have no no fear at all. It wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be terrible. In fact, physical death would be a huge blessing. Because it would mean that we're finally out of this world and we're all in heaven. But the fact that sin exists can create a massive painfulness attached to death. It's one of the things that makes physical death so terrible. It is the thing that makes it so terrible. Because sin leads to spiritual death. Physical death is a doorway that leads you into the next life. But sin is the thing that can keep you from eternal life. Spiritual death is the final result of the power of sin in our lives. And it has taken far too many people. But the resurrection frees us from spiritual death because it validates the truth of Jesus' life. It validates the truth. I mean, a lot of people in this world could walk around and claim that they were God. 
Anybody can claim to forgive your sin. Anybody could say, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the... Anybody can say that. But when that person dies and then raises themselves from the grave three days later, you pay attention. That kind of thing has not happened before or since. Not where a person raises themselves. The resurrection of Christ validated every single thing he said and did. And it validated the significance of his death. So much to the point, the scripture tells us this, that if Christ had not been raised, if the resurrection did not happen, then every single thing that we believe should be thrown out. That it would all be false, that our entire faith would be based on a lie. That's a that's pretty significant. That's a bold statement. But he goes even further. He says, if the resurrection did not happen, then we should be the people most pitied. Why? Because we would have based everything that our, our entire lives on, our, would be based on, on something that was not true. The resurrection was very, very real. It was a very real, historically documented event with hundreds of eyewitnesses who experienced it, many of which who were alive still when scriptures were written, who could have refuted these statements if they were not true. The resurrection is historically validated. It, it, there have been people uh, who have completely changed their outlook on life trying to disprove, or at least Strobel is one of the, the main ones I think of here. At least Strobel, he went on a journey trying to disprove the resurrection and came away a believer in Christ because he couldn't do so. The evidence was too strong. See, the resurrection frees us from spiritual death because it points us to Jesus' death. It validates the truth of Jesus' life. It validates the truth of Jesus' words. Jesus said, I'm the way. Jesus said, I will set you free. Jesus said that he could forgive your sins and he would forgive your sins if you would simply believe on him. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 57 says, Now I say this, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable. This mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable puts on the imperishable, when this mortal puts on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. As a man, Jesus experienced the effects of the power of sin on his life. He experienced rejection and betrayal. He experienced pain and loss. He experienced hunger and homelessness. He experienced the burden of leadership and the pain of watching those he was teaching fail, fall, and walk away. 
On the cross, Jesus even cried out to God the Father, asking, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He experienced a torturous death. He was buried, but that is not what Easter is about. It's about that second power. It's about the power that broke the power of sin and death. Easter is not about death. It's about life. Listen to what Jesus told Mary about Lazarus just before he raised him from the dead. John 11, 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. Even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus says the one who believes in me will live even if he dies. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Yes, the power of sin and death is very real. It's very alive in this world, but it is not the power that matters the most. The power that matters the most is the one that Jesus gave his life for. And I want to emphasize something very important. The resurrection was not an event in history. The resurrection is not a thing. Not a thing at all. The resurrection is a person, and his name is Jesus. It is Jesus that sets the captives free. It is Jesus that breathes hope into hopeless situations. It is Jesus that heals the brokenhearted. It is Jesus that restores family. It is Jesus that forgives sins and makes a person brand new. Romans 6, 3-4 says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised through the dead, from the dead, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Jesus' death was so that our old self could die. His resurrection was so that we could have a brand new life afterward. A life that does not end with death. In a way, Jesus had two lives. One ended with the crucifixion and one will never end. His, his physical body died. right? His, his manhood, his, his total man, it, 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 it died on the cross. And when he came back, he was changed. The disciples are in a room. They're in a house, right? They're hiding. They're locked up. And then Jesus just kind of walks through the wall. Normal physical bodies can't do that. But here's, here's the point. The point is, is that Jesus died so that our old self, our old man, our old sin, that old person could die. That person dies. And then what happens is we are changed into a completely different person. Jesus describes it as being born again. It's a brand new life. It's about hope. It's about new life from dead situations. It's about choosing Jesus, the power of life, over sin, the power of death. And if you do that, you're going to find life like you have never known before, life that is full and rich that's meaningful, that's 
full of passion and purpose with freedom and joy and hope and dead parts of your life can have new life again. But you must believe on, trust on, put all of your hope on Jesus. If you do that, you'll experience true life, real life, like nothing in this world could possibly offer you. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us at New Beginnings Family. We appreciate you listening and hope that the message was encouraging, inspiring, challenging, that ultimately it brings you closer to Jesus Christ. If you have any questions for us or would like to get a hold of us, you can reach out to us at www.nbfamily.net. Thank you so much. We love you. Have an amazing day. And thank you for all your support. We'll see you next time.